It's time now for another edition of Roarman's Raging Softball Report, everything Louisiana softball. Now, here's your host, loving Louisiana softball since 1981, it's the Roar Man. Hello and welcome to another edition of Roar Man's Raging College Softball Report. I am the Roar Man. In this podcast, I speak with UAB Blazers head coach, Joe Guthrie. And in this podcast, we talk about his team, the upcoming season, and the team's trip to Lafayette to play in the Louisiana Classics Tournament as the Blazers will be starting their season with a doubleheader against the Cajuns. So let's go. Joining me now is UAB softball coach Joe Guthrie. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join me on this podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Roy. really appreciate it. Look, first, most Cajun fans know that you and your wife, Courtney, were assistant coaches for the Cajuns during Coach Glasgow's first year. And I really think that that was one of the most pivotal years in the history of the Raging Cajun softball program. You know, there were a lot of obstacles to overcome. And I just want to personally thank you and Courtney for the time, uh, the effort, the dedication the two of you put into making the transition to a new coaching staff a smooth one and a successful one. I really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate that. It's very kind. Uh, we we definitely enjoy it, and like you know, like you and I have talked a little bit offline. I, you know, um, we uh, we just you know feel very very fondly about the place, and glad we get a chance to connect again. So let's talk a little bit about your time here coaching under Coach Glasgow. Of course, you knew him previous to that in your uh, scrapyard dog days. Y'all worked together there. What did you take away from that experience uh, to help you make you the coach you are today? Uh, a lot of things, you know, um, you know, Jerry's a relentless recruiter. Um, you know, one of the things that probably now that I'm on the hedge coaching side is, you know, I really appreciate and Courtney did too, you know, when he told us, Hey, you're going to, you're going to coach pitchers or you're going to be in charge of the defense. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to do the defense twice under him. I got to do that, uh, with scrapyard in the pro league. And then, uh, again in Lafayette. And uh, as a head coach, the biggest thing that, you know, jumped out there is when you hire people to do jobs, let them do what they do. I mean, obviously, it's still, you know, it's your show and you're going to tweak things here and there. But that's the biggest thing that I probably learned from not only Jerry, but Jimmy, too. You know, we all got to work together in, in, uh, in Scrapyard and both of them allowed me to do that, um, you know, those guys are known as big time offensive guys. And I, I actually started that way as well. Um, but I really, I had had a chance to kind of morph into defense as a head coach at a small school where you kind of had to do everything. So, you know, as far as tasks, organizing it, you know, my strength when staffed up with either one of those guys would have been to do defense. And uh, it really helped me because that's probably something I wouldn't have done um, had I not been able to, you know, jump on board with either one of them. But, but not only did I get the chance to do it, um, but they gave me a lot of uh, a lot of free reign to to you know be able to put kind of my stamp on that. And I, you know, now I've got a really good assistant, uh, Hunter Veach, who ironically runs our defense. And you know, it, it, knowing how to manage that, um, you know, I, I would say I owe Jerry and Jimmy a lot on that one for sure. Okay, so you spent a year here in Louisiana, then you left to become an assistant coach at UAB under your good friend who you just mentioned, Jimmy Kalaitis. 
Your first season with the Blazers, you were 19 and 31, then the COVID season hit. And then last year, when you were promoted to head coach, your team finished 31 and 19. So from 19 and 31 to 31 and 19 over just a short two-year period, that's like a complete turnaround. Yeah, we're, we've been fortunate. We've, you know, everybody, whether it was Jimmy or Courtney or now Hunter, and we had Scott, we were really fortunate when I took over to get Scott Woodard, um, who was kind of in retirement. And, you know, now he, uh, we, you know, he did a lot for us too. But all, all of those names are really strong recruiters and are really strong developers. And so, you know, we were, we were really, I think you have to have that. And, and it was kind of the similar situation to what we had in, in, in UL in this sense. We were very fortunate to be able to get all those people in one program. Um, you know, it, you know, when I was at UL with Jerry, you know, we had Jerry. We had Courtney, we had Ellen, myself, I and mean, it was a, there. Were, we had Shelly Landry, who did, came over with us for a year um, at, at UAB. I would definitely be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, Shelly's contributions. And obviously, you know, since then she's gone on to McNeese and done a great job over there, and they've continued to be very, very good. Um, but you know, just it, we've been really fortunate to at both places to have good people around us that can where you're. We don't really have a weakness on a staff to, in the extent of something is not covered. You know, everybody there has has the strength to cover what we need to cover uh, in the game, whether it's base running, defense, hitting, pitching, what have you. We had that at UL as well. Um, so that I think that, you know, it's recruiting and the ability to staff up to the point where you don't really have anything missing, which, it, I, you know, in other stops I've been at, I haven't always had that, but at least in Louisiana and UAB, that's been the case. So, you know, and again, like I said, I owe a lot to that experience to why we've been able to do what we've done here. So it's a good blueprint for sure. Well, obviously, you know, the team is on the rise. It's going in an upward trajectory. Uh, you've been through fall ball. Uh, you're getting ready for the season to start in about three weeks from now. How would you assess your team's progress over the fall ball practice period and what's going on now as we lead into the season? Um, we're, you know, we're we're still we're, we're we're older than we have been the last couple of years, but we're still we still have a lot of youth. Um, you know, we had a really really big freshman class that came in that's very talented, similar to what Jerry has. Um, we do have like like he has. You know, we do have some veteran players. Um, you know, some of whom are from the transfer portal. Um, some of whom have been under us now for three or four years. So we we like the dynamic of the team um, a little bit better. Not to say that it was bad last year, um, but it's just become more seasoned and more developed as we've gone through. Um, you know, we feel like, you know, we've got five that are going to do a good job for us in the circle. Um, our infield is probably as strong as we've had it. We, we feel really good defensively of where we're at. You know, at the beginning of the year, I felt like we were still a year or two away with our offense, and I'm still probably going to say that, but We've made some strides here lately that I, I didn't know we were going to be capable of um, this early, but we'll see how it hangs on consistently. So I, I feel like we have the ability to be a pretty balanced ball club, but, you know, still a lot of youth. Um, you know, we're going to have some freshmen at third. We're going to have some, we, we're still pretty young and short, even though we return our, our number one starter from a year ago. Um, you know, JoJo's probably going to hold down the forward at first base which is a position that, you know, she played for us even somewhere at UL, but she has she didn't play it last year. She was in the outfield. So that's 
she's been there all year this year, but it is somewhat new. Um, our outfield is a little more seasoned. And then, of course, we have Sierra Fraser behind the plate, who's who's been a mainstay for a long time. So that that it, it's a mix, but um, still some youth in some spaces, and and we're still going to have to learn how to play together, and, and that's going to take a little time as well. But but we like where we are for sure. Well, you mentioned Jojo Rito, of course, who transferred from the Cajuns a couple of years ago. So am I mistaken in saying that you have more than 10 new freshmen on the team? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, that number is around 10. I think we brought in 10 or 11 new faces, if I can't remember, if I remember. We brought in another kid in the middle of the year this year. It's the first time we've done this. who actually graduated early. You know, you hear about that a lot in football. Um, she smart kid, mature kid, graduated early. And, you know, we won't we, – we're, she unless we have some really strange circumstances, she won't play this year. But it it's kind of a cool, you know, idea that, that, that kind of came to us inadvertently. But, you know, she's going to come. She graduated. She's working out with us. She's, basically, this is a free year for her. And then she'll come back and, and, and get her clock rolling in the fall. But, um, you know, with all the – we've had to – as everybody has, we've had to get a little creative with, you know, the COVID numbers the way that mm-hmm. they are. Um, and, and so we've – We've utilized some things that I didn't know that we would necessarily ever do, but it's one of those things that we had to implement, you know, as the game is kind of evolving. So, Well, your team kind of sounds similar to the Cajuns in that the Cajuns have a lot of new faces, you know, a bunch of freshmen, some transfers, kind of like you do. I mean, with all of the newcomers, have you figured out, have there been some positions that have been won, or is it still kind of a question mark? You got to pencil in some players and see what happens, or how is that working for you? Yeah, I think we're, you know, we always treat the the non-conference portion of the year where we're going to, we we feel like our 24 that we have are very close. You know, it, it, we, we tried to recruit, we go, you know, pitching speed, defense tools, and, and the hitting is, is last. And not that it's not important, but we've, we've got to have the ability to defend and take over the middle, obviously in the circle, uh, as well as anybody. And we feel like now in... You know, it's year two for me, but I've had a hand in it, you know, for, for, as far back as year four. So, it, you know, it's starting to look a little more like what we wanted it to be in the sense that we've, we're, we're pretty much too deep everywhere um, with the exception of the circle. So we feel like there are some places that are really, really close um, that, you know, some are further apart than others. But I feel like, you know, as close as they've been, even throughout the fall, we're you know, we feel like that, you know, there's going to be some moving around the lineups for a little bit um, before we solidify. And I, and I like that because it creates competition. Um, you know, there's going to be, you know, roles that, uh, you know, solidify that aren't necessarily starting roles, too. You need to have people that are your primary pinch runners. You need to have people that are primary, you know, uh, pinch hitters. You need to have that, you know, fourth outfielder in place or the utility infielder. We feel like we're getting closer to be able to have all of those. And then, you know, kind of our plan as we developed it is that that's a player that that year, you know, the first year we'll, we'll do that. And then, you know, in year two, year three, um, you know, hopefully we project them to be starters. You know, we, we try to recruit on our roster, you know, everybody that um, – you, you still there with me? I think I yeah, got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I had a call come up. Having to do this on my phone is a little bit weird, but uh, but no, I mean we try to project where where we can get we can get uh, everybody to help us at least by year two, and we have a pretty 
pretty exact system that we try to utilize where we're grading them and we're constantly having staff meetings where we're saying, you know, if we, you know, project this person to be this grade and we get to the end of the first semester and they haven't made a lot of progress, you know, that may be, we need to relook at what we're doing because, you know, if, if it's radically off, you know, how are we missing, you know, from, from what we thought when they were brought in to where they are now. So really big emphasis. This kind of goes back to my days when I was a scout in pro ball. Um, we try to be as, you know, as precise as we can be, but um, that doesn't mean we're always going to be right. But we, we, we like to have a developmental system in place where, you know, we're constantly, you know, developing and creating competition at every spot, you know, to where, you know, we, we've, we've, we're creating the best product we can, you know, at the end of the day. So that's kind of what we're looking at. So having been a defensive coach and having a defensive coach now, would it be safe to say that that is the strength of your team at this point is defense or is it pitching? Is it hitting? What, where, where is the strength on this team at this point? I would have said coming out of the fall that it was defense. Um, it, I still think it's really strong. Um, we've looked really good, you know, on the offensive side early on. Um, but again, it's been a lot of the situations that we've had early have not been just full out. Um, you know, so it, it, you know, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic with it, but I would still say probably defense. Um, okay. We've got a couple of pitchers that are really seasoned. We like, you know, Sarah Cespedes has continued to get better and better and better every year. Olivia Bowback was really, really good for us out of the pen. We think she's going to have a little bit bigger role this year. And then we were, you know, uh, really fortunate to, to hand, you know, similar to Jerry, grab a couple of transfer arms that we think are going to help us that have done really well in our league in the past. So that's kind of where we are for sure. Okay, let's talk about pitching. Like you said, you have two veterans coming back and you have the two transfers. You have McKenna Pierce, who's transferring in from Southern Miss, and you have Bailey Tindall, who transfers in from North Texas. And I, looking at it, it looks as though kind of like your pitching staff is going to be a lot different than it was from last year because you lost a lot of pitchers last year. Is that correct? We did. Um the biggest loss from a year ago was Amy. You know, she was definitely the biggest, you know, Amy Woodham was the biggest water carrier for us. Um, the others were pieces. Um, we went out to staff for probably eight or nine, which we like to staff it where we have three to four starters, a, a middle or two and a closer or two. Um, just because of, you know, Jerry's offense last year is a good example. I mean, we, we, we had a couple, you know, we were in kind of a dog fight with them a couple of times and, and, you know, lack of being able to match arms against that lineup late hurts you, you know, and, and that I would reference his team because that's as good a lineup as I felt like that was probably when they were going well, as good an offense as we saw other than maybe in Alabama. Um, they were really, really good. So, you know, when you're facing that type of team and that's what you're shooting at to win championships, you know, I, I think the days of where you're just rolling out one or two are gone. I think that's yeah. over, um, you know, so for us, you know, we feel like, you know, five was a good number. Um, we, we, you know, it may be that, that it goes a little further, you know, down the road, depending on how it shakes out. But, you know, Sarah, Bailey, and, and McKenna are probably that one, two, three. We feel like Arden, who did a really good job red sharking for us, you know, last year, um, is probably that middle kid. And then we know what OV can do on the back. Um, you know, the problem we had last year was we really didn't have another frontline shortstop when she threw, we were really putting somebody that was a utility player out of position when she threw, which was difficult. This year, we've got a couple people that can do that for us. So 
you know, the idea is that, you know, if you look at OB's numbers from a year ago, they were really good. We didn't throw that much. And a lot of people would ask me, you know, why didn't you throw more? And I said, well, <laughs> the, the problem was, and you can blame this on me, you know, we had a really good drop ball pitcher that works from, you know, getting weak contact ground balls to the left side. And we only had one shortstop. Okay. So, it, you know, so, you know that, that was kind of a problem. Um, in, in some moments, but she did a good job for us. We feel like we, we now, you know, in year two, uh, you know, have a little more depth to allow to use her a little more freely for sure. All right. So at the plate, your top hitter, Sierra Frazier, returns, as does Faith Heeg, I think is how you pronounce her name. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. So do you see the team as kind of a power hitting team or a team that's going to play small ball and generate some runs with speed or a combination of both? I think we're pretty balanced. Um, I, I really like that. Um, you know, we've had, we've had some, you know, we've had to be patient with it as we've developed it. Cause some of the kids we feel like are going to be the biggest pieces for us came in with some nagging injuries. So we're just now seeing it kind of together for the first time. Um, you know, you mentioned Sierra and Faith are the two that are the most established, you know, right after that would be Jojo, you know, all of them, I, you know, Faith didn't make all conference last year, but I felt like she should have. You know, uh, Sierra and, and, and JoJo did. We feel like they're, you know, obviously everybody knows Sierra. You know, she's, you know, done a lot of good things for us. Um, you know, in addition to that, we felt like getting Tyler from Georgia was a big get for us because that gives you a little more speed. She, she has speed and power, you know, which helps us. And we're, you know, with Lulu Brock and Bella Wiggins, two freshmen that, that possess that too. You know, they, they've got a little thump from the left side and they can also run. Um, so that helped us. We're really, really excited about Lindsey Smith, um, the third baseman that we have. We re she's she reminds me a lot of what we had on the third base side when I was at you know when I was at, at UL. You know, we had a character, kind of a Caragrimion type of athlete um, that covers a lot of ground. Um, you know, and that coupled with them, Olivia Bowback helps us because you know it's just. I had forgotten what a luxury that is when you have Dalton and Grimion on that side. You can do a lot. Of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah especially carrot. Get carrot at third base was something else for all those years. Really good. Yeah, she was really good. So it, it just helps. You know, one of the things I've learned over the years is I, I don't know that third base might not be more important in softball than in baseball because of the short game and so much ground you have to cover on you know various things that happen so and she certainly did that for us i mean she's she's a good example of, of kind of what you're looking at at the elite level for sure well look again looking at your roster you know you've kind of dipped into the talent pool in louisiana you have two players on your team from louisiana that are freshmen you have mckenzie Drotty from iota and mckenna cartes from hanville and then if you look at some other players i mean you've got players from alabama california new jersey virginia florida texas it's kind of like you're nationwide. You have really expanded your reach of where you're recruiting these players from. How does that all happen? Um, I, again, you know, if you look at the names that have been involved in the program, you know, I, you know, with Jimmy, he's been a national recruiter. So have I, so has Hunter, so has, you know, Scotty, so has Courtney. So again, you know, you add all those names up because all those names are responsible for what we have now. Um, and it's a lot of reach, you know, it really is. But the biggest thing for us that we, saw i mean it, it's it the, what you said is totally true but the other point about it that we saw we were missing when we first got here is that alabama the last three or four years and i think the next three or four years as well is really really loaded with talent and we we were not getting a lot of the kids in the birmingham huntsville mobile areas we, we were not even really looking at them or, or having a shot at and obviously 
you know, some of the organizations like Birmingham Thunderbolts that, you know, are really, really close to us. Um, it just that's where it starts, I think. And, you know, nowadays with travel ball, a lot of those kids that are really good Birmingham players, they might not, they're probably not just playing with Birmingham kids. They're playing with kids from Virginia that are really good or Georgia that are really good or, or Louisiana that are really good. So it kind of, you know, that like with Mackenzie Drody, you mentioned that that was a Birmingham connection that ended up getting us to, to uh, you know, involved with her. I originally had known of her when I was with Jerry. Um, we were following her a little bit. And then, you know, when I made the transition over, she was with the Birmingham Thunderbolts. We were already recruiting a couple of those kids that were from Alabama and the local region. And that's kind of how that happened. And then um, Cortez was a similar deal. She was playing travel ball with somebody that was a connection to Alabama. And even though she's from Louisiana, that's kind of how that happened. Um, but, but again, I think the biggest thing too, even though the roster does have that, you know, kind of national flavor is what we are getting from Alabama first, because it, that was, that was definitely, and again, nothing against those other States, but we, we were not winning our own backyard very well at all. And I, I think that's improved. It's not where we want it to be yet, but it's, it's gotten better, you know, so, and, and, and it's like anything else, you know, once that happens, you're, you're going to you're gonna get access to a lot of players, you know, and obviously winning helps too. There's no doubt about that. Well, you know, I've checked out your schedule and I can say one thing about it. You're not scared. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're coming down to Lafayette to start the season by playing a doubleheader against Louisiana. You have a home and away series against Alabama. Then you're going up to Oklahoma to take on Oklahoma, the defending national champions. So how did those two games with Oklahoma come about? Is that where you call them and say, hey, we want a player? Do they call you? Um, they they contacted us in that particular case. We had an open weekend. Um, we felt like, and we, we've said this all along, that, you know, and this is something, too, that I learned. I thought Jerry did a really good job when I was at Louisiana and has continued to do that. He understood the RPI very well. He knows how to build a, a schedule together to where, you know, and again, he's got high expectations. You know, he wants to host a regional, and we want to do that. Uh, we feel like we have the facilities to do that, and it is tougher and tougher now to do that, w whether you're a UAB or a UL, just because of the, the power conference shift and that kind of thing. So, you, you know, we wanted to, you know, like similar to what we did when I was there, we're going to play Florida and, 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 and try and beat them. We're going to play Oklahoma. So we looked at it as an opportunity to, you know, we've got nothing to lose. We know what they are, but for us, you know, one of the things that, you know, I know Scotty and Hunter brought in, you know, coming from all, all those Auburn years was, you know, the idea that we don't really care who we're playing in the sense that we're playing against the game. And the only thing that that means is, you know, they're going to they're gonna bring a little bit bigger, faster, stronger game to us and that, that we, we've got to, you know, we've got to play against the game, you know, according to what, you know, it's dictating and, and go from there. But, yeah, I, I think that, you know, for us, we've, We've got to do that because it, it is getting harder if you're a Sunbelt or a USA or an American, you know, to, to just expect multiple bids. You know, the Sunbelt had a really, really good year last year. Kudos to them. But I think any of those coaches would tell you it's hard to sustain that, you know, every year unless you're playing a good schedule. So, you know, I, I, I you know, hats off to them and we're going to, you know, do that now. And, and especially as we go, that's the other thing that, that, that drew this was, you know, we're making the move to the American, <laughs> we think in two years, we don't know. But again, I would say that's a step up from where we are. I, I don't think that's a secret. And we've got to play teams like Oklahoma. We've got to play the Louisianas, you know, if we're going to, 
have national relevance. So you mentioned uh, RPI and, you know, I would think with your schedule playing against those three teams, you know, if you win maybe a few more games than you did last year, you know, you yeah. got a good shot at being in the field of 64. Yeah, we, we feel like, and I mean, we were, we were very, I was told by various sources, we were anywhere from the first team out, but definitely in the first four. And that, you know, you know, you can say, well, you know, if we'd have won one more here and there, you know, you, you can play the what if game however you want. But I do know this. We played a hard schedule last year. And I, and I even for us to be in that position was because of the schedule we played. And, and yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there for sure. OK, so you'll be coming to Lafayette for the 36th Louisiana Classics Tournament. That's February 11th and 13th. And you know what it's like to be at Yvette Girard. Uh, field at Lampson Park when there's about a thousand people in the stands. Um, how are you preparing your team to play in that environment? Well, similar to what we did. Yeah, I remember when I was at UL, um, you know, before we went to uh, LSU, we'll, when we do this periodically anyway, you know, we'll pipe in the crowd noise. Um, you know, we've got to get on turf because whether we're playing at, at UL or at McNeese, you're going to either get either full turf or partial turf. Um, which we don't have, but we do have the ability to practice on that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and those things are, you know, they're, they're external, but it, it's a group, you know, like I, you know, I tell the team, this is what you want if you're going to be in the postseason, whether it's the conference tournament, um, whether it's the NCAA tournament, you know, the, the great thing about UL is I, I think it's as good an atmosphere as you're going to have anywhere. It has been for a long time. Um, we, we like the fact that it's boisterous and, and you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's kind of like a big party going on. You know, sometimes I used to joke when I was there, I was like, I don't know if it's harder on us or if it's harder on the other team, depending on what we're doing, but they are, they care and they're a great group of fans. So, you know, that's just, a, there's not many environments that you can replicate that are like that. And again, if the goal is to win the last game of the season, you're going to have to get through environments like that. So I, that's the great thing about, you know, being down there for sure. But we, you know, we put those those factors in, but also you want to put in a factor of, you know, it's 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 the same game no matter you know if there's no one there, if if, if there's two thousand in the stands or or what have you. But but uh, but I do think you have to prepare for those elements. Um, you know, if it's piping in crowd noise or what have you, because because you, you don't you don't want it to 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 bite you the first time uh, without having done it for sure. You know, well, Coach, the, uh, the the Cajuns were up in Birmingham the last couple of years. I made the trip in 2020. It was a fun trip. You've got a nice facility up there. I have some friends who live in Pelham, uh, right outside of Birmingham. It's a really pretty part of the country. Uh, mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed going up there. But this year, you returned the favor. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you, your team, and your wife here. Hope you have a safe trip. And uh, we will see you soon. And again, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, you bet. Thank you so much, Roy, for having us. We'll look forward to seeing you guys, and we know it's going to be a it'll be a fun outing for sure. So there you have it, Coach Joe Guthrie of the UAB Blazers. And again, the first game of the season is Friday, February the 11th, a doubleheader against the Blazers starting at 4 o'clock. This is The Roar Man. I really hope you found this podcast informative. If you did, I hope you subscribe. I hope you tell a friend. And as always, I'll see you at the ballpark, and go Cajuns!